Can we just talk? This is the segment here on the Wednesday edition of the crew. We show you that we're more than sports guys sometimes. Uh, you know, today we're going to have a rousing discussion on commercialization. Uh, if you haven't heard, the Staples Center, which, you know, in my opinion, one of the best, one of the most famous just, arenas. This is just pain. You just describe it. <laughs> one of the most famous arenas in sports, the Staples Center. You know, nice name. Uh, it's being renamed to the Crypto.com Arena. Uh, you may know them from the Matt Damon commercial or various YouTube advertisements. Uh, but, Jack, I know you have some, some strong feelings about this. I'll let you... Uh, just, just picture it. It's, let you, it's you're a Lakers game. fan, so this means a lot to you. I'm a LeBron fan. I, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I am a Lakers fan. Um, I did like Lonzo, though, like back in the day. So I think I think I have some oh, Lakers Lonzo's clout. Great. I love I love Lonzo when it's he great. Came, came into the league. So I do have some Lakers clout um, in there. But I just want you to picture – now, I don't think this is going to happen this year, but just picture. Game one of the 2020-2022 NBA Finals. Mike Breen, legendary announcer, bringing the game in – or game three, whatever. Bringing the game in. And welcome – to the Crypto.com Arena, live from Los Angeles, <laughs> California. That's a great call. That is a great call right there. Like if, if Big fan. Chris Saconis, if you are listening to this, feel better, man. We need you back. Um, Facts. I need you back. If Chris was here, I would I would literally queue up the uh, the virtual crowd noise that you guys used last year for WRCU <laughs> and just have Chris just bring it in and just picture it. Crypto.com Arena, what? Like what? Why would you ever think about calling your arena? That? Now I know, I'm not stupid. I know money, money, money talks. That's why this is happening. Yeah, you know, Staple, they're not the they're not the only place that has had a uh, arena name change in the past few months. Jack, I said, I said, you, it, I said in the group me like Jersey Mike's Arena is at least bearable. New Jersey Mike's is a Jersey company, and like. You know, it it's not it. You can you can bear just rolling it off. The tongue, it's been grow. It's been growing on me to be quite honest. I'm like kind of used to it already. Like the rack is, the rack is it's fine. Tough, it's tough to get rid of the name the rack, but at the we same still time, have, like, I could I could bear I could bear Jersey Mike's Arena. Like, we still have like Trapezoid of Terror and stuff. Yeah, like, of course. Like it's I could bear Jersey Mike's Arena. I, think. I like it. I I didn't like it at first, and now I'm starting to get around. <laughs> not any, not sponsored by them. I'm actually like. I actually like the name. If anyone's interested in following a live feed for Rutgers basketball games, you can't watch the game. Follow at jackbiss underscore five. I uh, I, Good I tweet follow. a lot. Good follow. Yeah, I tweet I tweet a lot during the game just to keep everyone updated. But the point is, um, I tweeted like at one point during the first game. I think I'm like uh, I forgot what happened, but I was like Jersey Mike's Arena is rocking now, and I had some random guy like respond to me and say like Stop calling it Jersey Mike's Arena. It's the rack. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to call it? <laughs> It's it's the rack, and I'm like, yeah, it's it, it is tough. It is tough to say it. But I would have just been like, look at the outside and tell me it's the rack. It's not. <laughs> yeah, they they let people know. Like, I don't know. I I'm not on Livingston a lot, but they they definitely they definitely were very swift in making it's sure it's on the court. Yeah, and it's also like all over the stadium. Like you when you walk in the media entrance, it's like on that side of the stadium in the yellow and green lot. So like it's it's. Point is, I could I could bear I could bear Jersey Mike's Arena, Crypto.com Arena just doesn't, like it just doesn't it's just it's just not there. It's a stadium that didn't really need a name change either. No. Like Staples is a big brand, you know. I Honestly, mean, I don't even associate it with Staples. It's just like it's sta- like Staples the company. It's like Staples Center. Like I don't know if I'm making sense right now, but like no, I get what you're saying. Sta- Staples saying. Center's just iconic. I'm pretty sure that was the name of the arena when they came in. Like I think they. Built in 1999, and also it's literally the house that Kobe built. It is literally the house that Kobe built. It's literally the house that Kobe built. Like LeBron, probably you could say that with Quicken Loans Arena. I think it's called Rocket Mortgage Arena these days. But Quicken Loans Arena is the well, house that LeBron. Rocket built. Mortgage is like a part of Quicken Loans. So yeah, they literally Dan, just renamed guess it who's, themselves. Guess who's the owner? The great Dan Gilbert. He's the he's the owner of Rocket Mortgage slash Quick Loans Quicken Loans. Oh, so I that's, didn't actually that's the know whole, that. That makes that, sense. That's though. the whole that's the whole connection right there. Dan Gilbert just. You know, well, it's phenomenal. the same in it's the same in Detroit. That's why uh, is it the Pistons or the Red Wings that play in Little Caesars Arena? <laughs> I'm not sure. That it's was, one of them. Now that 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 rivals Crypto.com, but it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't beat. Crypto. That's only because you're from New Jersey and you have a higher quality of of pizza. I guess I guess so. And, and I got Jersey Mike's right down the road, so you don't you never have you never have to worry about a uh, good dining option. True, true, true. But uh, 
just crypto crypto.com arena it's just like I, I i saw a poll where it was like you know um how like how many people like this arena it was like yes no and like you know not sure yet or whatever it was like over three quarters of the people who voted in the poll said no like, yeah, I I get that. I get that. And I'm like, I feel like I'm just talking to a cloud at this point because there's nothing I could do about it. <laughs> but it's like, it's just, it's it's just not good. And people are and people on Twitter are saying that like Staples Center will always be what it's called. I don't care about no crypto arena, but like, it's it's not gonna end. It's you know as much as me, crypto arena is gonna end up being crypto.com arena is gonna end up being what it's called. Like for the foreseeable future. Now I. Now I have I have a question for you as a LeBron fan. Yeah. Have you seen any of the Le Bitcoin memes? Le Bitcoin? Le Bitcoin is the new no. nickname. <laughs> I mean, LeBron's name is so perfect because you can just do like things like that. Like Le Trash, Dylan Allen is the king of Le Mickey. Like, <laughs> Le Mickey. Yeah, Dylan Allen loves Le Mickey. I, don't I know. love that he, too, but He sent me he sent me like his ho- like one of his friends' <laughs> Halloween costumes. It was like Le Mickey. No way! Yeah, <laughs> he's like it was. It was like LeBron and like it was like a LeBron jersey and a Mickey Mouse costume. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I didn't see it till that's like, a great... I didn't see it till like the next day, and I'm like, oh. Well, <laughs> well, for for you know most of the mid 2010s, the city where uh, Drake is from was considered LeBronto because LeBronto. they that's, that's went... an all time moment right there. That's a that's that a... was an all time call. I remember that game too because we were we were destroying the Raptors. Um, it was game three. It was like twenty. It was twenty eighteen, and Mark Jones was the guy who did the call. He's really good ESPN uh, announcer, and he's just like, "We'll be back from LeBronto after this." <laughs> it was like uh, it was off the dome too. No one had ever said that. That's before. honestly that's honestly crazy. Honestly, a great call by Mark Jones, like a phenomenal call. But um, yeah, that's that's my spiel on talking to a cloud about Crypto.com <laughs> Arena because it's just it's just not good like i said i could picture an nba finals game saying uh you know welcome to crypto.com arena um it's not it's not a great it's not a great thing in my mind um someone said on twitter where it was like the clippers should take this name with them to their new arena whenever they go (laughs) whenever they go over there like i forgot i don't even know when they're moving in but i know they had uh they had different designs uh designs planned out may we suggest a trapezoid it's worked, it's, worked very, it's worked very well in New Jersey. Honestly, though, I heard some. Who said this in the group me? Someone said, um, sorry, someone said in the group me that like MSG. If there's one thing Dem, uh, James Dolan could be credited for, it's it's that he kept MSG throughout all these years, like Madison Square Garden. I uh, yeah, but it's so famous, you know. How how are you gonna change Madison Square Garden? There's just too much history involved with that place. Like they literally call it the Mecca, which honestly, the for basketball it makes no sense. MSG is not the Mecca. The Knicks haven't won a championship in like 50 years. It's not like it's the Mecca of basketball. Like maybe from like November to like April, but after that, I haven't seen. A, Knicks haven't played in June in like not in my lifetime. The last time they played in June was on my NBA 2K My Career when I was on the Knicks. That was the last time they played in June. <laughs> yeah, I mean I can't say anything because I'm a Nets fan, but they were close. They were they they were one shoe size away from probably winning an NBA championship last year. Man, that was that game seven was insane. That was a great series. Honestly, that was a great series. If the Nets if the Nets weren't you know put together with duct tape during that series <laughs> though, they win it like in like five, but. I could complain about that whenever I want. I don't need to take up our listeners' time, uh, you know, crying about the Nets and what they could have been. I mean, they're 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 off to a hot start again this year. You know, they're looking good. It seems like the Kyrie Irving is not a distraction anymore, and we just we could just accept the fact that he's not going to play. Well, Steve Nash did say like last night that you guys are not on the same pay- on the same level as Golden State and all the uh, all the all the main contenders in the league. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of him saying that, but I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, I mean, we're not on the level of the Warriors because we don't have the greatest shooter who ever lived at point guard. So, can we just take a minute to just appreciate Steph Curry? Oh, absolutely. We, I mean, that was my lock of the week was basically the Steph Curry appreciation uh, five minutes, but he definitely deserves more. He's ridiculous. He dropped thirty-seven last night. Uh, he he's gross. He's the best shooter who ever lived. He's shooting. I used, 
being a LeBron fan, I did not like Steph Curry growing up. Uh, I just didn't like him because he was the main rival of LeBron. But, you know, just watching him throughout the years, just I, I just respect the guy because he's so good at what he does, shooting the basketball and moving without the ball and being just an absolute menace on the floor. Like, you cannot let you cannot let that man out of your sight for, like, two seconds or else he's just going to burn you. And people, what people don't recognize too sometimes is that he's an incredible finisher around the rim. Like he'll he'll shoot the lights out, but then he'll also have incredible games where he just like drives to the rim and makes incredible finishes around the rim. It's he's 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 just such a great player. Like he's absolutely. He, I'm looking at his basketball reference page. His effective field goal percentage has never been under fifty three percent in a full season. Never. It's been. And that was his rookie season. Uh, at one point, he had it. Well, last season, it was over 60%. His unanimous MVP season, it was 63%, which is ridiculous. I forgot he led the league in scoring last year. Totally forgot that that happened. You know, I don't know why it was so under the radar. but Because the Warriors weren't good. Yeah, he averaged 32. It was two points more than he's ever averaged. Even, even in the year where he was the only person who got a first-place MVP vote, which I could kind of see happening again this year the way he's playing Oof, it's insane. that's that's tall task dylan it's uh, his numbers are looking very similar to be quite honest i mean obviously it's you know we're what like 15 games in so it's one seventh of the actual season but it's it's looking good you know i i wouldn't put it past him i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't either considering that he did it already by the way lebron should have an also unanimous MVP yes in 2013 yes um, I, I agree with that I don't know who the guy's name was but he picked Carmelo Anthony as the MVP when every everyone else picked LeBron it was just Carmelo Anthony so LeBron should have a LeBron should have a unanimous MVP but um look Steph Steph Curry Steph Curry is just incredible um said that a million times and this warrior this Warriors team is really interesting because they don't have Clay Thompson back yet so it'll be really interesting to see how you know they progress throughout the season, not have you know ingratiating Clay Thompson back into the fold. Because look, Clay Thompson hasn't played since like what Game Six of the 2019 Finals. That was before. COVID. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't played since COVID was a thing wasn't a thing. That's crazy. That's that's crazy to think about that Clay Thompson has never Just played. Think about, I was I w- I didn't gra- I haven't graduated high school yet when Clay Thompson last played. <laughs> That's uh, that really puts it into perspective. Yeah, to be quite honest, I hadn't graduated high school yet. That's it's 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 insane how long that man has been out of basketball, and I think I think he's probably the one who misses it, misses himself playing the most. Um, it'll be really interesting to see him play because you know the reason he's been out for so long is that he's had two major injuries, probably the two biggest injuries you could have in basketball. He's had torn ACL and torn Achilles. It'll be really interesting to see how he comes back. Now, we saw Kevin Durant tear his Achilles at the end of that same finals and be, you know, just as good, if not better, coming off the Achilles. But this is ACL and Achilles, and I think it's two separate legs. And I don't know. He might have tore his right Achilles and tore his right AC or left ACL or something like that. But, you know, this is this is a lot to come back from. And Clay being you know, close to his older older self will be huge for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome back to WRSU The Crew, live from the College Avenue Student Center on glorious College Avenue campus here in glorious New Brunswick, New Jersey. I am joined by my good friend Dylan McCoy. Over here, um, like I said, second hour of the WRSU crew, and I got an interesting topic here. I was talking yeah, you were to Dylan. me about this, and I'm uh, I'm excited for I it. I was I was talking to Dylan about this. If, uh, if any viewers or listeners don't know, me and Dylan are also colleagues at the Daily Targum, and I was at the Targum the other day, and I was telling Dylan about this idea. He liked the idea too about a segment, and we're going to talk about it. So I was thinking about this. Um, while watching the NFL on Sunday. And it came to my mind, how would you rank the top 
or how would you rank the divisions of the NFL? Like, not just be, not just how good they are. I'm talking about how good they are. The level, the level of rivalries. Like, how good are the rivalries in the division? And just overall, just like, all, overall, just fun. Like, what are what are the best divisions when you're counting in all of those aspects? And I have my own list, Dylan. I don't know if you made your own, but um. I'll I didn't you... make one, but I can I can think of I have you know I can think of where I'd put some of them. I know which one I'd put last right now. Okay, go ahead. And the AFC East. The AFC East. Last. Yes. Okay. You're not because I'm... because in the AFC East, like there's always two teams that are going to be terrible. It doesn't matter what year. Like this year, Miami was supposed to be good. They're what? Did they even beat the Texans? Are they one and eight? They might um... be two and seven. But and then. This is this is usually the point of the show where Chris would come running in to defend the Jets, but they're terrible. <laughs> I they're don't know. I gotta watch the phones. You might be calling. <laughs> <laughs> they're starting Joe Flacco this week, which I mean, oh, oh god, I can't believe they're starting. Is Joe Mike Flacco. White really that bad? Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, talk about a rise and like talk, talk about fall. From and I don't know. It's just when when you have one guy pretty much dominate the division for 20 years it's definitely gonna ruin the the entertainment factor and that one guy's not a player it's uh right. it's bill belichick <laughs> bill belichick and tom brady okay um i'll give you my list dylan and you can react to it as okay. we go along okay so like i said before this is not solely based on the quality of teams in the division that's part of it yes. but it's also due to the fact with or due with um the quality of rivalries that definitely huge factor, and just overall entertainment value within the division. Those are the three criteria that I have for this. Now, starting off my list with dead last, number eight, drumroll please, the AFC South. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that's, are, a, that's a good that, last place, too. That is a terrible division. <laughs> terrible division. It has the most aggravating team in my mind, the Indianapolis Colts, because the Indianapolis Colts are on prime time way too much. They were on Monday night that. football, Sunday night football, and Thursday night football in the span of like five weeks. Like it's just it's just unbearable. I don't want to watch those guys. Um, the Titans are good, but the Titans are really not that interesting in my opinion, especially without Derrick Henry anymore. They they are very good though. They but, are very good. They're, but I'm I, not I'm not taking away the fact that they are very good i agree that some of the some of the excitement factor gets taken out without oh is derrick henry gonna rush for 2,000 yards again right i i would be interested to see that as well me personally i'm not very interested in the tennessee titans and the jaguars and texans are two of the worst teams in football i that's enough i'll say about them um and then when you look at the rivalries like it's just there are there any rivalries that really stick out to you like oh classic matchup Oh, I mean, obviously, you know, the Jaguars-Texans is uh, one, of the, one of the premier rivalries in the sport. I mean, they do. it doesn't have importance to it because they're battling for the number one pick. So, you know, they, <laughs> the there is there is some value in that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for a good tank bowl. But, uh, yeah, says the Giants fans. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay, moving on from the AFC South. Um, shouldn't spend much time on them. Number seven is, as Dylan said before, the AFC East. Now I have them at number seven because, Fair. as you said, Dylan, you kind of just you kind of brought it up. The Patriots dominated that division for twenty years. They're still dominating it. They're, they're. I mean, the Bills are up there now. The Bills are up there now. Um, but really, when you look at the Bills, are good now. The Dolphins and Jets really don't offer much, especially Chris Sacone is his beloved Jets. Sorry, they don't really they don't offer much. Bill Belichick's kind of just had a stranglehold in that division. Um, when you look at the division matchups, division rivalries, there's not really like that game where you say, oh, classic, classic NFL rivalry. Um, and then entertainment value, it's like when you have the one team just dominating the division for 20 years and finally the Bills being, you know, pretty good in that division, you're not, you're not really offering a whole lot in my opinion. Dylan, you got anything to add, else to add on the AFC East? Uh, be better. That's and I'm and I'm more so speaking to the Jets than anyone else. Be better. <laughs> uh, you know, you you picked the guy number two overall. Play him. Well, then, also Miami Dolphins. You picked Tua number five. I think we all knew that that was. Pick, a, do you know who the Dolphins did not pick and went run pick after? 
Absolutely. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Uh, I wanted the Giants to take him the year they took Daniel Jones, but his tight end stayed at Oregon, so he stayed at Oregon. And we got the lovely, uh, you know, developing, developing Daniel Jones. I got a I got a friend who's a Dolphins fan, and he's like, yeah, I just like, I just redo the draft in Madden, just hoping the Dolphins <laughs> take Justin Herbert instead of Tua. I mean, they got it right this year. They took. He's not the best receiver in the class, but Jalen Waddle. Yeah. You know. You know. Uh. Do you know Bengal on YouTube? I do know Bengal on YouTube. I haven't watched him much recently because I've just been so busy. But he was a huge Jalen Waddle fan. Yes, huge Jalen Waddle fan, and I took that to the bank because I think Bengal is one of the most educated football people. I'd have to agree. I mean, I want shout out Bengal. Bengal, if you're watching this right now, you are a phenomenal YouTuber. He's a Jersey guy. He is a Jersey guy. I don't know where he's from though. I I but shout out Bengal. He's he's. He does really good stuff on there. And although I haven't watched you in a while, you're a legend. Shout out, Bengal. <laughs> Number six. I don't know how you're going to feel about this, Dylan. NFC South. Uh, I I could see that. I mean, if like right now, definitely This is, this is mainly because the rivalries aren't that good. Bucks, I think Falcons-Saints is a good rivalry. Bucks-Saints is the only thing that really ba- comes out to my mind. As, as I rivalry. think Falcons Bucks Saints are good. is a good rivalry. The Bucks are good. The Saints are good. The Panthers are kind of fugazi. And the yeah. Falcons, as we saw last week, are not very good. So, um, yeah, this this mainly here because there's good teams in the NFC South. For me, there's not really entertaining rivalries in this division. And there's not really a lot of entertainment in as a whole in this division. So that's why they get the sixth ranking. And, you know, now we're AFC South and AFC East were clear worst two divisions for me at this point now you're getting some stiff competition and unfortunately for the nfc south you know they just fall short so um dylan you got anything else to add with the nfc south uh cam newton is gonna make that division a lot more interesting that's true i'm excited I'm I'm, back. that was awesome that was actually awesome it was and they beat the hey they beat the cardinals on the road like they cardinals beat them up on the road they were cardinals were rolling i mean Good thing for the good thing for the Panthers. I mean, they kind of fell apart after we blew them out that one week. But uh, you know, unfortunately, NFC South comes in at number six. Number five, I have the AFC West. Now, this is another case of the rivalries not being very appealing to me. Um, Chiefs are obviously one of the teams that have been among the best in the NFL over the probably the the best team in the NFL when you're looking over the past like three years. Um, Chargers, Chargers, they got a good quarterback in Justin Herbert, obviously. Raiders, I mean, anything that could go wrong for the season did go wrong for the Raiders this season, but they're still holding their head above water somehow. Yeah. And the Broncos are the Broncos, they played their Super Bowl against the Cowboys and then get blown out by the Eagles the next week. So I I don't know what to think about Denver. I mean, they looked like they, I could, they I looked see like that. a playoff team against us. And then they come out and just lay an egg against the Eagles. Whenever you lose to the Eagles, it just aggravates me. So, you know, thank you. Thank you, Denver, for aggravating me two weeks in a row. Um, Dylan, anything else to add on the AFC West? I feel like if there was a team to, like, legitimately challenge Kansas City, they might be higher on yeah. this list. Yeah, definitely. But there's just still not. like. But there's not really, like, the I, classic I think- rivalry. Like, the Raiders are a classic brand. But, like, Raiders-Chiefs isn't really, like, yeah. not on the same level as other rivalries I'm going to bring up soon. Like, Chargers-Raiders, Chargers-Broncos, Chargers-Chiefs might be the top of it. I feel like that's, like, a couple years away. This is more like of a, a case group. of the teams being good as opposed to the rivalries being good. Yeah. That's where I think they get the nod over, like, the NFC South. I think that's fair. The AFC East, AFC South. Um, okay, so now we're going into the top four divisions, in my opinion. Number four on my list is the NFC North. Now this, oh, this, I, 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 this and I the number, like to- this and the number three, t- number three division were a toss up for me. But you'll see why I picked the number three division um, ahead of the NFC North. The NFC North loses because of the fact they're just not as good as this division is as that's about to come up. Um, Vikings, Packers are good, but the Vikings, Bears, and Lions are not. Now the thing that gets the NFC North above te- above divisions like the AFC West, it's, it's got to be the rivalries. The rivalries, like Packers Bears, is as good is not as good as it gets, but it's 
It's up there. It's it's, it's the literal. It's a rivalry. It's, it's the classic. It's rivalry. a rivalry that when you ask a football fan, like like just yeah. like talk about an NFL I rivalry. I own you, Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's Packers Bears. I own you is an all time. Even Packers Lions, like. A lot of things. A lot of things I can pick out with rivalries is like iconic moments. Packers Lions has an iconic. You're moment. thinking about the Hail Mary, exactly. Yeah. They have. They have. A, they have an iconic. Rogers moment. to Rogers. Packers Vikings is always a pretty spicy matchup. Like everyone against the Packers, I guess. And Vikings Bears. I mean. I mean. You'll see. You'll see. I would what, watch you'll that see, game. You'll see as this. You'll see as this list materializes. I'm very biased. To the NFC. I, and I admit that, but you know the NFC. These NFC North rivalries definitely appeal to me a lot. So, um, yeah, anything else? Anything else you got on them? I, I mean, I would like to see what you – I think I would put it higher specifically for the rivalries. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think – and there are also teams, you know, besides the Lions that have a lot of history, you know, a lot of good history, and I think that definitely plays into it. I guess uh, besides the Vikings too because what do the Vikings really have except losing in the playoffs? If I was a Vikings fan – that's and a torturous existence. If I was a Vikings fan and if okay, if I was a Vikings fan and we lost to the Cowboys in that fashion with um Cooper Rush as our quarterback <laughs> on Sunday night football. <laughs> you know, it's always fu- it's always fun to go when a team loses, when you beat a team and you go to the opposing team's Twitter account and see what fans are saying. They were just going in on Mike Zimmer. They wanted Mike Zimmer fired on the spot after that game. It was Excuse me. It was it was it was hilarious to see. Um, but uh, without any further ado, let's go into our top three divisions on my list. Number three, ladies and gentlemen, is the NFC West. Now this is this this okay. division this division okay. beats the NFC North in two in two aspects. Now the first aspect is that the teams are just phenomenal. Every team outside the Cardinals, the Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks have been to Super Bowls in the past 10 years. And Seahawks the Cardinals had, are great. See, and well, the Cardinals are great. Usually. The Seahawks had one of the best teams of the past decade back when LOB was a thing. 49ers made the Super Bowl. The Rams made the Super Bowl four and play are very good now. And then that 49ers-Seahawks rivalry is a top three rivalry in football, in my opinion. There's so, I just talked about iconic moments. There's so many iconic moments from 49ers Seahawks. Like I just look back to those Legion of Boom years. That NFC Championship game that they played up at CenturyLink Field. By the way, that's another that's another stadium that like has that Lumen. It's Lumen Field now. Like I'm never calling it Lumen Field. It's CenturyLink <laughs> Field. So that game up there when Richard Sherman had the deflection and then that when they matched him with the sorry receiver. That iconic interview. Amazing. Like that's one of the most iconic interviews of all time. And you can't tell me. 49ers Seahawks has a special place in my heart because it's just it was it was just so much fun to watch. And you know, the Rams being extremely good, Seahawks Rams, I feel like is always an anticipated matchup. You know, Russell Wilson oh, yeah. going up against Aaron Donald and all those guys. And then as you said, Dylan, the Cardinals. The Cardinals are one of the best teams in the league right now. Kyler Murray's been hurt, but they're still holding steady. They lost the Panthers. D Hop's hurt too, you gotta remember. Yeah, D Hop's hurt. Um Cardinals are definitely going to be a force up there with the Cowboys, Bucks, and Packers, the top teams in the NFC right now. Um, any last words on the NFC West? Uh, a division on the rise, for sure. Five years ago. On the been, rise? They've been good for, like, forever, I feel I like. feel like five, maybe, like, ten years ago, they would have been, like, on the very bottom of this list. There was like- one year where, like, division winner was seven and nine that was that was the year of the beast quake the first beast quake. yes the seahawks yes. were seven and nine in that game yes you're right um i had one more thing oh yeah so i also have a lot i also have some bias to the nfc west because in madden whenever i'm free i have not played madden since the semester started but uh my franchise is the arizona cardinals and i have a soft spot for arizona in that in that aspect i see but i see top two divisions here how should i do this how should I do this? Should I do number one, number two, or should I do number two, number one? I think you got to make it like a real list show. You got to go two and one. I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're going to know what one is as soon as you say two. But Okay. So. Guess just drop them both. Okay. The If you haven't been following, the two divisions that are left on my list are the AFC North and the NFC East. Those are the two left. Let's start with number two, and that is, drum roll please, the AFC North. The AFC North is okay. number two. 
And it could easily be number one. It could easily be number one. And I think you know why number one's number one. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that <laughs> division in a little in a couple minutes. The AFC North. We've been talking so much about rivalries. This rival. This division in rivalries is just on a different level than every other division. It's just. It just is. Let me just. Let me just pick out all the most. Ra- Raven Steelers. That's second as good as it gets. Like that. That's about as. I could easily say that's as, that's as good as it gets in the NFL. As, as if a we're rivalry. talking about the most like intense, most like volatile rivalry, yeah, it's it, like it's not even number one in that division. Mm-hmm. It's one of the top ones in the NFL. Raven Steelers, unbelievable rivalry. Um, several iconic moments. I can't even I can't even begin to like you know list all the moments from Steelers Steelers uh, Steelers Ravens. Now let me go through the other two Steelers versus AFC North opponents, and let me. Uh, preview the iconic moments <laughs> Steelers Bengals <laughs> I think you know I think you know what I'm talking about with iconic moments in that rivalry uh Vontez perfect Vontez Juju Smith Schuster yes I, I honestly forgot about Juju I honestly forgot about Juju I was going to the Antonio Brown Vontez perfect play There's, but Juju dancing on the logo last year that's another iconic moment not even I wasn't even thinking about that one I was thinking about the the game where he blew up Vontez perfect with like a crack yeah. back block <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that was that was the season that was like the season after Antonio Brown got lit up by him yeah it's like Man, just so many, so many great moments from Steelers Bengals. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, but yeah, it's I, you know, you know the meme on TikTok or the internet right now, Black Air Force Energy. Yes, this that's the that's the AFC, that's the AFC, that's the AFC North right there. Steelers Bengals, just talked about Steelers Browns. One of the one of the one of the craziest moments in the NFL in the past like two to three years happened on a Thursday night in the Steelers Browns rivalry where oh, Miles Mason Rudolph almost he could he could have died he could he could have died from a helmet to the to the crown of the head luckily thank God he was okay but Miles Garrett lost his cool and you know it kind of just goes to show what you the intensity game. of this rivalry man what an insane like, game. It was it was it was an insane game. That it's just so many so many iconic moments. The AFC North. I'll say one more too. Ravens Bengals. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Andy Dalton beat the Ravens? The hail mary to AJ Green. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. So there's just so many, so many great robberies. Excuse me. Excuse me. Had to get had to get some more. I'm talking too much right the now. The show I'm is talking. sponsored by water. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then Lamar Jackson, you know, torching the Bengals on that um, that one run. Ah, uh, he is the Houdini. Move, the spin move. Yes. Yeah, the spin move. Lamar Jackson is against this entire division. AFC North is great. Could easily be number one. But it isn't. Because, you know what is number one? I know exactly what number one is. The NFC East, baby. Yes. The NFC East. Now, I... We're not I will, biased. We're I will n- raise my hand... And say that I am biased. I'm biased as I well. I know I am. The NFC, the NFC East is on a different level, man. It's just, it's just is. It really is. Like, oh, I think all the teams like genuinely like hate, hate each, other. each other. Oh, I hate each other. I hate the Dallas Cowboys and I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. So I like, don't know if I hate the football team, but I definitely don't like them and I don't root for them when they're not playing us. Dude, I'm, I'm honestly the exact same way. Honestly, the exact same way. I I think over the years I hated Giants fans growing up because I grew around Giant grew up around Giants fans. Eagles yep. fans are just uh, Eagles fans have taken it over for me. I don't <laughs> I, I don't like the Eagles. I do not like the Eagles and the Giant and I already said the Giants. Sorry, and the football team. It's like you know they're down in Washington. Like you know they're like the they little, haven't they're they, like they've the had a brother. Couple, they've had the, a couple good years, but like you know nothing crazy. They're the little brother of the division. Yeah, I mean you know obviously as a Cowboys fan I'm supposed to hate the football team. But I can't because they're just like it's our our rivalries throughout my lifetime has been the Eagles and Giants, and it's been solely those guys. Now we talked about the AFC East just or AFC North before just hating each other. I think the NFC East is on that same level. Cowboys and Eagles they hate each other. That's a big Cowboys and Giants hate each other. Eagles and Giants you can probably speak for this. You can speak for this better than me. Hate each other. Oh, I'm sure there's been some physical altercations at both MetLife and Lincoln. I know for people who are listening are gonna say. Jack, the NFC East is arguably the worst division in football. But in my opinion, the rivalries just outweigh it in my biased opinion. It's 
it's it's a it's a division I mean, that is I, near I would have to, to agree though and like like obviously like like right now like it hasn't been like great but i mean hey we have three super bowls in the past what oh my god man 13 that, years that stop if, if we did a ranking about the worst super bowls in my opinion of the past like 10 years and this is like the worst games it's, it's just worst super bowl wins and this is obviously the most biased opinion I will have of my. <laughs> I was gonna say that was a great. Show. That's a great game. That was it, a great it's, game. It's, it's the most biased opinion of the entire show. But that Eagles Super Bowl is my least favorite Super Bowl of the past like ten years. I was so conflicted watching that game. I just hate. I was like, I was like, Brady, you won two Super Bowls in three years. You couldn't beat the Eagles. The three Super Bowl losses Tom Brady has is to Eli Manning, Eli Manning, and Nick Foles. That's your. This is your ghost. This is your goat? Brady just hates the NFC East, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's, it's all he's lost in on the biggest stage. I, I just can't believe it. Like, you know, he's played... Who, who else has he played in the Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, he played Patrick he played Mahomes. Pretty much everyone. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the, the two guys to beat him are a guy who was literally 500 for his career and Nick Foles. And the thing, the thing that's crazy about Brady is that he's been doing this before I was born. I was born in 2001. He was drafted in 2000. Yeah, ESPN put out a really good article, and they literally divided his career up into three seven-year like like stints, and all three of them were Hall of Fame. Would have made the Hall of Fame. By the way, I'm looking at the standings as I did this list. The Eagles have not won a home game so far this year. Ah, that's what their fans deserve. (laughs) That's what their fans deserve. (laughs) I can't I can't agree with you, or I cannot disagree with you. They're 0 and 4 so far this season at home. And honestly, that's just that's just a beautiful sight to see. At least the Giants can win games at home. They're two and three. Yep, that's right. They can win games at home. They can win games on the road. They can win games in January. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we'll see. And but, we're, talk- uh, we're talking about iconic moments in these divisions. Obviously, having watched the NFC East more than any other division in, in my entire life, I could I could have I have a laundry list of iconic moments. I was thinking about this game though. Because the last last good season the Cowboys had really was 2018, and we had so many huge victories that year. Do you remember? You might not. It was Eagles versus Cowboys. It was that 2018 year. It was the game where Amari Cooper cast, caught the game-winning touchdown off the deflection. Do you remember when? Yes. Yeah, it yes, was, I it, do it was an overtime that. game. It was um, Dak threw the ball to Amari Cooper. Actually, Razul Douglas made a really good play on the ball. He, it just deflected up to Cooper, and Cooper scored the game-winning touchdown. I was watching highlights of that he game. Hit two hundred yards that game. Yeah, he was ridiculous that game. That's one of my, that's one of those iconic moments that the end of that I just love the NFC East for. Yeah, honestly. that that and was a fantastic football game. I remember that. The Cowboys and Giants. I mean, you know this as well. Just absolute laundry list of iconic moments throughout the years. Yeah. Uh, my 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 favorite Giants Cowboys moment is the interception from R. W. McCorders in the two thousand and seven two thousand and eight NFC Championship game. Two thousand eight. Or no, that was the division. That was the division. You yeah, guys I was actually, one I was that actually year. rewatching highlights from that game too, the, like a couple weeks ago. Because like you know when I have free time, like you know just scrolling through YouTube. Wait, it's isn't like, that the game where Brandon Jacobs absolutely like destroys the scoreboard by throwing might the football be. at it? Oh, that's might be. that's a great game. Great you know, it's, game. It's tough. It's tough to remember games uh, that far back because I was like seven years old. Of course, yes, of I've course. heard I've heard of that game before. Um, so I just lost my train of thought, but yeah, that that was that's a season two that the Cowboys should have won, like the Super Bowl. They were thirteen like and three that year. They're like one of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was like six years old, so didn't don't remember much about that. Um, Dad, if you're listening, maybe you have more of an idea than I do about, uh, <laughs> about that about that season, but um. Yeah, I guess I think I've spiel I think I've given my take on the NFC East and why it's number one. Dylan, you got any last thoughts? I mean, well, I agree. You know, uh the NFC East just has a lot of memorable characters too. Like you look at the quarterbacks over the past like ten years. You've had Eli, Dak Tony Romo, Dak, Carson Wentz, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick. Is it uh, fair to say that the Cowboys have the two best quarterbacks in the division? Over the past Right now, as we stand here, as a head. The two best quarterbacks in the division. Are you saying Dak and Cooper Rush? Yes. 
All right. I, Cooper, I, Rush, all right not, Cooper Rush is one No, 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 no. All right, all right, all right. With that, we're gonna go <laughs> we're gonna go to a break and I'm gonna I'm gonna go off air and tell Jack why he's so incorrect with that, but we're gonna come back with more mate, fake pursuing me. I can feel the energy in the air. It feel like I'm supposed to be here. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the crew here on WRSU FM New Brunswick Dill McCoy, joined by Jack Pasea. Jack, you know, uh, we talked a lot of the NFL so far in this show, but, you know, a football team we hold near and dear to our heart, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, uh, they're 5-5, five and five, you know, blew out Indiana in their last game, a huge W, and now this week, you know, they have a chance to go into Happy Valley and be bowl eligible for the first time in seven years. I was texting, I was texting my friend this morning, and I was explaining because he doesn't he doesn't go to the school, so I was explaining to him the situation for Rutgers right now. I'm like, yeah, we got one more one more game to win until we get into the bowl game, and like you know, my family we're going to the game in Maryland, and like that's their chance to do it. And it's like, wait, there's two games left, and I said, yeah, but you know, we're gonna get <laughs> we're, like that we're not in the same class as Penn State, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a real interesting game. We're technically the rivals of Penn State. One of the things I will never understand with the Riot Squad for, and I, Ryan O'Connor, shout out to you if you're listening. Help me out with a ton. Love you, Ryan O'Connor. But I don't understand why the Riot Squad does that chant on third down where it's like F Penn State. You know what I'm talking about? It's well, like, well, it's third down. I, I think F Penn State. I think it precedes them. I think it precedes but them. But like why? Like why do we do it though? Because we want to have a Big Ten rival. And I don't know. I think I, do, you, do you think in Happy Valley they're going no. F Rutgers? No, they're doing that to Ohio State or Michigan, who yeah. is too big to be their rival. It's 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 you know and levels, levels. Yeah, there's levels to this, and we're you know we're getting there, but I don't know. I it's it's like it's the definition of rent free if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Oh, I, I I would agree. But I mean, they definitely are our rivals. You know, other than football, like I think I think we play have pretty good matches with them in other sports. Like right. the Rutgers Penn State wrestling match is usually pretty competitive, even though Penn State's one of I know, the best I know wrestling for a fact in, in basketball. Though that's one of the games we have to win. Yeah. Considering we have like a stretch in February where it's just gonna be absolutely brutal. They I think we play them in January, and our January slate for Rutgers basketball is a lot easier compared to February. So those are one of those games that we gotta win. But sticking with football. Um, as Dylan said, big time win for them last week against Indiana. I did not expect a 38 to three win because it's never happened before. It, it was the largest margin of victory in the big 10 conference. I was expecting like a 19 to 16, like mm-hmm. sloppy Kinda like awful Illinois. football game. Yeah. I was expecting an awful it's, football it game. It literally hasn't happened. Rutgers winning by 35 points was the largest margin of victory that they've ever had in the big 10. Progress. And by the way, I'm doing this off the dome because I had to write about it. So <laughs> that's how that's how I know this. Of course, stuff. of course. But uh shout out Daily Targum. But uh <laughs> Dylan Dylan keyed me in on some article here on NJ.com. It's by Keith Sargent. Now, Keith, I have haven't talked to you personally. I'm wishing to some point soon because you do really good work otherwise from this article. <laughs> no, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He, he, knows he sounds a good guy. He, he sounds knows a good, good guy. He sounds a good good guy. But Here's the title of the article. Here are six reasons why Rutgers will upset Penn State. Now, Dylan, have you read this article? Because I, I have. Just, I have read this article. Yeah, okay, so yes. give me give me a summary on what what Keith is saying here and why he thinks that we can go into Happy Valley and clinch our first bowl appearance in seven years. Well, one of one of the things was honestly it was the transitive property. You, you know, there's I don't know what the website is called, but there's literally a website where you can basically make it so that Rutgers is like better than Alabama because they beat someone who beat someone who beat someone oh, who beat Texas one, one A&M who beat Alabama. Rutgers better than Alabama, but Penn State, you know, lost to Illinois. They they showed a lot of faults in that game, and and Rutgers beat Illinois, and they you know it, it, it would have exposed those faults. Uh, and and then just. The general quality of Penn State football has gone down. They're six and four this year. I think they're five hundred over their last two seasons. Uh, you know, there's definitely a uh, a call for James Franklin to possibly be replaced in Happy Valley, and I don't think that's unreasonable. You know, he's definitely kind of gone down in quality. Penn State um, has just really been struggling, and I think that's a big thing. You know, they were five and zero. Oh. They were number four in the country, and they're six and four. Uh I know, I know I'm going through like the six reasons without reading what he has to say, 
But I could see. I could see a couple things that he says. So he brings up Illinois. Illinois beat Penn State in about a million and ten overtimes. But they did beat Penn State. We beat Illinois. Um, so it's kind of like that thing that you're just talking about that website doing. Um, he also says that Penn State is reeling, like you just said. I could see that. Um, I think the point that Sarge is kind of trying to say is that any given Saturday, you know, say in the NFL, any given Sunday, anything could happen, especially in football, especially in football. Something, a play can go your not go your way. Bo Melton could drop a pass and get tipped up and be intercepted, change the entire game. Same thing with the other side. Um, any given Saturday, anything could happen. Um, that said, we have to play. Per- we have to play a perfect football game. We have to play a perfect well, football game. I think what you mean by perfect is if we don't turn the ball over, we have a great chance of winning that football game. Well, actually, we have a extremely good chance because we haven't lost a game while not turning the football over. It's so weird. I feel like when we don't turn the ball over, we look like one of the best teams in the Big Ten, and when we do turn the ball over, it just we turn the ball over like four times, right. and it just all collapses. But well, another point that starts this year is no place like the road. Now he says that you know we have a really good home or road record as opposed to a home record. Here's what I'll say to that. Um, I want to put it. I want to put our home record in context a little bit because this is who we played in the Big Ten at home so far this year. We played number eleven Ohio State, number eleven Michigan State, and number twenty one Wisconsin versus our road record, where we played. Michigan, Northwestern, Illinois, and Indiana. Now, do you see a difference between the quality of teams, home versus road? I do. I do. Uh, all I three of the home teams were ranked, and they all beat us badly. Badly. Yes. I've been saying I've, I'm have i a junior now at Rutgers. Now, COVID, COVID wiped out my sophomore year, but I'm a junior now. I have not seen a close game while being at SHI Stadium. Not I have not seen one. And... You know, maybe, maybe, maybe Maryland will be the first close game, but right now I have not seen a close game, and I think part of it has to do with that we play just two, like three of the best teams in the Big Ten at home so far this year. I still think that us having it, you know, it's not even the last week. There's two games for us to make a bowl game. That's just, it's a sign of progress. Absolutely, it's a huge sign of progress. I saw an article that was talking about like Rutgers. Rutgers, like, uh, what do you call it? Percentage chance that they can make the bowl, and it was like, how many, how much percentage that they can make, um, or win the last two games? They lose the last two games, they split it. Basically, splitting is the uh, is the popular bet, but um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting. It's it's gonna be extremely interesting. I thought um, this Maryland game was going to be at a better time. I don't know if you saw Dylan that it's at, game noon. Was at noon on BTN. Yeah. I thought they might've given us like a three thirty game. Cause you know, Rutgers is a big brand. Um, they have a chance to make their bowl game for the first time ever. I thought they might've given us some, a better time slot, but noon it is. Um, I think noon is like the Rutgers special at this point. Noon on BTN is like the Rutgers slot. That's, that's their, uh, that's, that's their time slot for the time being. Yeah, I'm trying to look up uh what the current Rutgers bowl projections are, trying to see what's what's up with that. Well, can you like predict like what um bowl we could get into? So, I've been saying the pinstripe bowl. That is my big prediction. Uh I I, I don't know if they would take a 6 and 6 Big 10 team. I don't know if they take like an 8 and 4 team. Uh I I, I don't know, but Ultimately, you know, I I think that it's a realistic place for Rutgers to end up. They've been in the pinstripe bowl before, you know, when they've been now, genuinely average and they're would kind we of be able to go let's say they, let's say we get to like a bowl game like, i'm calling that game if it's in, it's in New well York. would i be able to go as the football writer to like a game like yeah i think so i'm pretty sure we have it like in the budget even even if it's like somewhere far uh, if it maybe not if it's the hawaii bowl but other than that i think i think you'd probably be good should be interesting um definitely should be interesting uh yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how uh, we'll see how the schedule turns out. I'm not as as convincing as Sarge's argument is here on NJ.com. I'm not picking Rutgers to beat Penn State. I, Dylan, you're a bigger better than me. Would I don't know if you'd put money on Penn State. Uh, I wouldn't game. put money on Penn State, but I definitely would not put money on Rutgers. That's why I meant. That yeah, seems like a donation to Fanduel. <laughs> I don't need to donate to Fanduel. Thank you very much. <laughs> they they make enough money. Imagine. You know, obviously, you know um, Penn State's marquee, marquee game of the year, the whiteout. 
imagine Rutgers in a whiteout game and just how outmatched they would be. Yeah, yeah. Because um, like we talk about home field advantages in sports all the time, but I feel like Penn State on a whiteout game, it takes a special team to win that game. Like oh, it road, does. I mean, road. have you seen those? I need to be at one of those. But games. I gotta say, like Michigan, you know, I was at in Ann Arbor for that game. They had a hundred thousand people, and you know, if you're close to them, it get, it gets quiet. They get nervous. You know, big crowds like that. Right. Uh, but I found the Rutgers bowl prediction. So right now they are predicted to go to the guaranteed rate bowl. Where? And that would be in Arizona. Ooh, I could, I could, do, I could do Arizona at the at Arizona. Chase Field. So the interesting thing about that is. Uh, it used to be called the Insight Bowl, which, if you recall, that was the first bowl that Rutgers went to under Greg Schiano in 2005. Really? That snapped a 27-year bowl uh, drought. Yeah, and, and I put it, I put it in my article, actually. Drought. That was the first of nine straight bowl appearances for that's, Rutgers. That's insane. From 2005 to 2014. That's insane. Can you imagine I could, Rutgers? I could do Arizona, though. Who, who would go for WRSU? You and Chris? Or I don't know. Chris and Jake? That's or something Chris that Chris would need to decide. Well, I'm pretty sure Chris would be be going. But, I uh, mean, he she should. He yeah. deserves it. I don't know. I'd love to go to AZ. I never, don't know. Never been in the. As never fun been, as fun as as fun as AZ would be. I definitely want some people that I know. Never been to the left it. coast before, so uh, you really haven't. Nope. Wow. Nope. Just the East Coast and now uh, parts of the Midwest. That's about it. Mid- Midwest is not a bad place to be. No, I've been th- I've been to San Francisco a couple times because I have family out there. Nice. Nice. Nice city. Nice city. Nice. I, I I like I want to go I want to go to L A at some point but like you know my parents assure me it's like L A is nothing like people say it is ah <laughs> like, uh, but you still gotta <laughs> see it. you still have to see it for yourself exactly, to like yeah, make exactly. your own opinion um but yeah moving back moving back to Rutgers football you know looking back I I would guess looking back at this season you know if you sat if if we were sitting here right before the Temple game and you said Rutgers has a chance to go to a bowl they're sitting at five wins. And they have a chance to go to the bowl for the first time since 2014. What would your what would your assessment of the season be? I mean, uh, I'll be honest. Like my hopeful like prediction was that they go six and six. Uh, I thought they were gonna go five and seven. So I'm not too too surprised. Uh, you know, it's kind of around where I thought they would be based on their matchup matchups. You know, I thought three wins uh, their first three games. They did that, and then I thought three Big Ten wins would make sense or two Big Ten wins and. You know they've got the two Big Ten wins already, so it's it's around where I thought they would be. So I'm not too overly surprised. Um, obviously though, if they win and they go to a bowl game, it's massive. If they beat Penn State somehow, that's massive. Oh yeah, it is incredible. I um, uh, I wrote an article August 30th, five most important games for Rutgers in 2021. Mainly, so the premise of this article is that I mainly said, sorry, knock my mic. The main premise of this article is saying that you have to beat the teams you should beat. Yes. Like, I didn't say, like, Ohio State was going to be the most important game because it's Ohio <laughs> State. Like, Ohio State's really good. They're coming in. No. You would have let a lot of people down if they thought that was their most important yeah. game of the year. So, so um, I mainly stuck to that. So, I did a lot of non-conference games, and I did some Big Ten games in there as well. So, number five, I had at Illinois. We won that game. That's a, That was a big, important game for us. My number four one was Delaware. We won that game because the big big thing was that we need to go three you know, zero in the non conference. Don't state. lose that one. That one was like a yeah. must not that lose. Was, that was a must not lose. So that's yeah. why I had it in there. <laughs> number three was the Syracuse game because that was our first game on the road in the Shiano era with fans, or the Shiano era two with fans. So that was a really important game. And then again, three and zero non conference. Need to do that now. Number two was my worst prediction. It was Michigan State because I just did not see Michigan State coming. I did not see them coming. Yeah. I mean, I don't think after last year anyone saw them coming. Did you see Mel Tucker is about to get a contract yes, extension for like a $100 billion? That's insane. Wow. I did see that. That's, yeah. Mel Tucker's about to get the bag, though. Congrats, congrats to Mel Tucker. He's put together a really good program over I, there. I, hey, I think I'd have a good team if I had Kenneth Walker in my backfield, but. <laughs> Kenneth Walker plus SHI Stadium equals... Plus Jalen Naylor equals... Michigan State plus Kenneth Walker plus Jalen Naylor at plus Shy Stadium equals just torture. Um, so it's, pre- it's pretty funny because I said here in the, in the article that 
there was a lot of questions with this team. And I said, you know, Michigan State lost that opening game, remember, in 2020 when we came in and beat them 38-27. So I said I said all these things like, you know, Jalen Naylor is a good play, like a good player, but the quarterback yes. situation wasn't resolved at that time. Um, Peyton Thorne was, ended up being the quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I definitely missed the mark with Michigan State. But number, number one was Maryland because I anticipated this game. And it should be it should be a fun one. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think I, I I think Rutgers will. You know, I, I definitely think that they have a chance. It's not you know what it's been in the last few years where it's oh Rutgers going to Penn State. Uh, that's that's nice. You know, oh, we'll see them next week. I I think that there's you know Rutgers hasn't beaten Penn State in Penn State since 1988, and that's a long time. But you know, I think. Things are changing. Uh, Penn State is regressing. Rutgers is progressing. Maybe this is the right time to meet, match up with them. I think it's possible. Wouldn't put money on it, but I definitely think it's possible. As as you said that you would be donating money if you... Uh... Yes. Well, <laughs> nine, nine times out of ten, yes. But only, the only thing that matters is if that one time out of ten comes to fruition on Saturday. Yeah, I could buy that. Um, yeah, I guess I guess with that, we'll take one look Welcome to the last 10 minutes of the Wednesday edition of The Crew here on WRSU FM New Brunswick. I'm Dill McCoy, joined by Jack Bessaia. This is Rapid Fire, the segment where we talk about all the stories that we missed today. So, guess I'll start it off with a little bit of baseball. Uh, we've, we've had the awards announced today, uh, the Cy Young Awards. Uh, Corbin Burns won in the NL, edged out Zach Wheeler. And then in the AL, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young Award. Jack, uh, you have any thoughts on those winners those award winners sorry who won who won it uh, Robbie sorry. Ray won it in the American League the left-hander in Toronto and the Brewers Corbin Burns won it in the NL I'm going to be completely honest with you Dylan um those are the first times I've ever heard those names in my life okay I'm okay <laughs> I'm be completely honest I'm a, I'm I feel like I'm a baseball fan where um I know what's going I know enough about it to know what's going on like I'm I think I'm a de facto Yankees fan just cuz I'm from the area huge Huge. We we yeah. love that. But yeah, I mean, Cy Young is the Cy Young Award's a huge award in baseball, obviously. It's the best best pitcher in each league. And uh you know, those guys winning it, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal for, um, for them and the teams just to have someone at that level on the staff because, you know, as they say as they say in baseball, good pitching like basically is the equivalent of like good defense in basketball. Yes. Like good pitching, good bullpen will is the key to winning a World Series. Yes. Uh now, from a topic you may not know to a topic you know far too well uh, from being on the show and talking to people like me and Chris, uh, it's the Jets. So, the Jets have decided that uh, Mike White is no longer the guy. They're going to start the guy that we all thought they were going to start, uh, Joe Flacco, of course. Uh, he's going to start. Um, and the debate lives on. Yes. Is yes. Joe Flacco elite? <laughs> we'll get to find out on Sunday. His contract, elite. Him, I don't know. So this comes after two days after Robert Sala, uh, you know, was talking about Mike White to the media, and he said, "Now that now everyone wants to throw him away, he deserves better than that." Um, <laughs> and he responds by throwing him away because he's apparently <laughs> not better than that. Uh, so he explained the move. He said he wanted Flacco's calm and experience to help against a blitz-heavy Miami defense. That I I I get in a way it makes sense, but. I don't know if I don't know if you want the experience that uh, that Joe Flacco has had in the past couple of years at least. There was one point where he was a good quarterback. Like why do, why but... do coaches say that? Like they say, "Oh, everyone wants to throw him away now because he had a couple games," and then you just and then you throw him away. Just just being a massive hypocrite by just throwing away. <laughs> like I don't I don't <clears throat> excuse me sorry I don't I don't really understand I don't really understand the logic there by Robert Sala. Um, I think I think Mike White. I mean, he had that phenomenal game against who? Did, who did Jets play? Sorry, when they when Mike White won it for them. Uh, um, it was, was three it? weeks ago. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. 
I can't believe I'm forgetting that, but he had a phenomenal game that week. He got hurt that following Thursday night against my favorite team, the Annapolis Colts. It was against the, uh, I believe, the top of the AFC North right now, the Cincinnati Bengals. It was. It was. You're right. Impressive. On Halloween, too. On, ha- on, Halloween, on Halloween. That's right. But uh, can't believe Halloween. And then he followed that up. He was hurt. I don't. I don't really know what he did in that Thursday night game. I don't know what he hurt. I don't know because like it was. I don't really understand because he looked fine on the bench, but he was like telling people, "Oh, I ruined my shot" or something like that. Like ruined my chance to be, ruined my chance in the NFL. And then you know, obviously they're playing my favorite team, the Indianapolis Colts, on prime time. Um, and then. You know, Mike White just came out and stunk it up against the Bills. Now, the Bills are one of the best teams in the league. Like, I wouldn't say it's no shame, but, like, it should not should not have been unexpected to lose pretty heavily to the Buffalo Bills with a guy like Mike White in his, like, what, second full start, third full start in the NFL? Yeah, and so <laughs> there's more comments from Robert Sala that I'd love, I love for you to hear. Here we go. So, Joe Vago hasn't started since November – 22nd, 2020, when he replaced Sam Darnold. And then the Jets traded for him again this year after he was a free agent signed by the Eagles, which amazing. Uh, so Robert Sala said, Joe's got a history. He's in the record books all over the place. Okay. He's a world champion, so he's got a history of playing good ball. One drive didn't solidify anything. It's his history more than anything. He's seen these type of defenses many times over. Just sounds like an old man at quarterback. Just it, all I'm getting from those comments is, hey, he's old. He's done this before. He's got it. You know, how does big, how does him being a world champion have a history of him playing good ball? Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Trent Dilfer's not a good quarterback. Joe Flacco, just because he won a Super Bowl doesn't mean Joe Flacco is a good quarterback. Was he a good quarterback in 2011? Yeah, winning winning a Super Bowl is so weird because I don't think a lot of people understand how team oriented football is. Of course. Like we say, like we say all the time in like in sports media, like, oh, is this quarterback good enough to win a Super Bowl? Is this quarterback good enough to win a Super Bowl? But in the end, it really comes down to like having a good having a good defense, staying healthy. That's usually the deciding factor in winning. That's a big one. I mean, Tampa Bay last year, I don't think anyone got hurt pretty much throughout the season, and that was COVID on top of it too. Yeah. So staying healthy, huge one, and then having winning winning games up front. Be having a good offensive line, having a good defensive line, being able to get pressure against the opposing quarterback, and being able to prevent pressure against your quarterback. Now the Bucks did that really well last week, last year. They had an extremely good offensive line, and they were, had an extremely good defensive line. Everyone saw Super Bowl Fifty Five, but um, yeah. With that said, it's so it's so um so hard to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, and I wouldn't say any quarterback could do it, but. There is a difference. There's a wider spectrum of quarterbacks that could do it. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was like a few plays away from winning a Super Bowl. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, that is crazy. To think <laughs> Jimmy about. Garoppolo was plays away. From I mean, being Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. We're not here to debate that. But no, in 2015, when he won the Super Bowl, he was like a virtual shell of himself. He was Peyton Manning in name only. Like that was that was as good as Peyton Manning was. It was that defense that really won them that Super Bowl. Yeah. So um, before we go off, just want to go through the college football playoff rankings if I can find them. Oh man, uh, I could are, I could spend I could spend an entire second. They're ridiculous. The college football. Uh, not even not even the rankings, the playoff in general. Yeah, it's absolutely the playoff. Um. All right, so the college football playoff is Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and Wake Forest. Uh, who do you, who do you think is going to get there? You know, I, I I still think I'm still holding out hope that a couple teams lose and Notre Dame gets in there as a four, and I and I really think that is possible. You know, it's kind of up in the air in my opinion. Um, I think Georgia will 100 percent be there unless they yes. you know collapse face first. They on the they floor. should win the national championship. Alabama to be quite will probably be there because of their schedule in the SEC. You know, they only won. They only they lost the game, but they'll probably be there. Ohio State will. Ohio State's interesting because the Big Ten championship is going to be the Big Ten. I don't know how that's going to end up. Like flat out, I don't know how that's going to end up. There's really good teams up at the top with, sorry, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and even throwing Wisconsin in there. Wisconsin's a pretty talented team too. They got the number one defense in the country. So I don't really know how the Big Ten is going to shake out. My problem with the college football playoff, and I'll say this right before we got two minutes to go, 
is that there's two there's not enough teams in it. Like yeah. Cincinnati agreed. Cincinnati hasn't lost right yet, right? They're nope. undefeated. No, no, no. They've done everything they could have possibly done to make the college football playoff, and they're not going to get in because they don't play in the SEC. Like that's just crazy to me. And then on the flip side to it, Michigan State, they had a flawless season so far this year up until losing to Purdue, and that's gonna, that that's a death sentence. If, unless they unless they win the Big Ten, that's a death sentence. They're not going to make it anymore. Like. I don't know. I just think you're not you're removing too much room. Uh, like you don't. There's too less room for error. Like I get. Like you know, you're not supposed to have a team that is, you know, a a flawed team or a team that's lost a whole bunch and shouldn't be there. But at the same time, you know, Cincinnati not losing a game, not being there at Michigan State losing one yeah. game and cu- virtually being cut off from the playoff. It's just too random. And I think they would be best served having like you know, eight. I was listening, I was listening to Joel Klatt on uh, the herd. I think he's really good at college football stuff, and he said that that Goldilocks zone is about what he said like twelve, like eight, like I want to say like twelve. I think, I think he said twelve. Good. He said twelve because you got to incentivize a buy. Okay. And those at, like in the SEC championship, let's say that like Georgia and Alabama are playing for the SEC championship, winner gets a buy. That's like what that. he's talking about. I like that. And then also you get like, you know, the Cincinnati's in and you get um you get the you get the Michigan States in, you get other like conference champions in. It's just more inclusive and I think that would be ultimately good for college football. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Hopefully we'll see an expanded playoff soon. That's